Yo, what's up? You're listening to the Keeping It Raw podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is Keeping It Raw. I am Raw, and today I wanted to introduce this show with having the wonderful Rev Run of Run DMC intro the show. So that was Run DMC, specifically Rev Run of Run DMC. Now, if you don't know who he is, he had a show on MTV. He goes back to Run DMC, the early rap days of the 80s. Uh, and uh, if you don't know, learn something, all right? Good stuff. So I wanted them to introduce the topic of today's show because I am a reverend now. Yes, that's right. I am a reverend now. Getordained.org. Have you heard of it? Go ahead and go there. Get yourself on the books, too, uh, and be a reverend. You can officiate weddings officially, as officially officiating weddings. Uh, and uh, I don't know anything else that you can do. Uh, but you can go there and get ordained. Uh, it's really easy, and it's free. So, hey, that's cool. So it's been three months now since I've been ordained. And, yeah, it's been a high life up here on my... Uh, high horse in this ivory tower or whatnot, uh, looking at all you peasants going to hell, you know, uh, anyway, so I, uh, I, uh, I felt like using that was going to be important for today's show because I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Catholic church. I want to talk about, you know, this society, what we really need right now, okay, is more reverence. <laughs> we need guidance. Oh, wise Reverend Rawl, what do you have to provide for us today? Well, I, um, you know, in lieu of some of the controversy that this um, Pope Francis now, um, I guess, has wielded as a result of his tenure uh, since he was elected. Can you believe that? I forgot that popes are actually elected officials. Uh, Most things are elected, I guess. Uh, Anyway, so... He sort of bit controversy because for the last several years, he's kind of alluded to welcoming homosexuals, you know, the church and such, and has now practically, and I'm saying practically because he didn't outright say it and he didn't need to, but he just uh, basically came out and allowed us to, allowed Catholics rather to welcome homosexuals. And uh, he, his verbiage at one point was, who am I to judge? If Catholics, I'm sorry, if homosexuals want to worship God and come to church, why should I judge that? And it's like uh, the media now is throwing all support around it, basically saying, you know, wow, the cat, you know, the Pope comes out in support of gay rights, LBGT. And I was like, uh, LBGT and all the Qs and whatever that's not the same as homosexuality. I mean, there are aspects of it that are the same, and I'm not trying to get into all this. (laughs) This is not what I'm about. 
but I'm just like, uh, LGBT getting all excited about all this. He didn't say nothing about trans. He didn't say nothing about uh, everybody that is wishy-washy about their whole ideal, but uh, he stirred up a bit of controversy because for 2020, people are in love with the fact that this Pope is so welcoming, right? But he's very controversial, even if he's even in his own circles. Whenever you read articles about uh, the Catholic Church, the higher ups, the cardinals, and all this, they're all conservative, and it's like the very conservative uh, upper echelon of uh, Catholic leaders at the Vatican. You know, they do not like this new liberal progressive uh, pope, and, all, and I'm just like. It's weird to call people in church progressive or conservative because church in general is conservative. Uh, when you talk about liberals to people in church, liberal people in church, we consider like Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, that's liberalism. That's progressive. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah famously was the city or the cities that were destroyed as a result of their hedonism as a result of their evilness, as a result of them being progressive, uh, basically saying that uh, uh, these people who uh, rape each other, rape their children, uh, that was their word for it because they didn't always, in some instances of the Bible, they say men lying with men. In others, they say rape (laughs) Uh, because it's, it's unnatural. The church sees this as unnatural. And the reason is because of the Bible. The Bible tells us, you know, uh, doesn't nature itself teach us that a man shouldn't lie with another man? Uh, and when they say nature, they mean doesn't go against every human instinct for a man not to lie with another man. Or a dog isn't going to go lay with another dog. And for those that are younger than 18, uh, when I say lay, I mean. <laughs> so there's this whole aspect of everything that's going on with um, Catholic Church or ministry leaders in general. You know, um, it's funny, uh, Joel Osteen, if you're any in any kind of church in America, you know who Joel Olstein is. Joel Olstein is banished or bashed because of his happy side of Christianity. Catholicism is usually bashed for their extremely conservative. I mean, they don't even let their priests get married. They uh, shun people who are divorced or remarried. And so this Pope, One of his controversial things is that he wants to allow and ease the bans on married priests. Yeah, they want to allow more married priests into the... And I'm like, why wouldn't you welcome that? I mean, the biggest controversy that the Catholic Church has, and it has a history of controversy, is the fact that there are many many priests who have molested children and uh, I say many because it comes from even where this Pope Francis is from in Chile they 
were they hit they were hit so hard they were attacked so hard as a result of the allegations and the number of allegations and the and the pope said well unless you can show me proof then he's going to be considered innocent in my eyes unless you can show him proof he'll be considered innocent what this progressive pope stuck up for his friend and said if you can't show me proof then he said are you kidding me you need proof that he molested people other than their word like what do you think exists out there what kind of evidence would you imagine exists you need to see evidence you need to see video evidence is that what you need you think god's gonna come down on your fake throne and whisper it into your ear i mean he's not you know in my opinion the pope is an esteemed role that is considered higher than God, in my opinion, because that's how people view him. That's how people view him. That is not my view. As a reverend, <laughs> just to be clear, that is not my view. But let's be realistic. That's how people see the Pope. People would fear the presence of the Pope more than they would feel the, fear the presence of God. Because, in many instances, God is there. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Hebrews and it talks about don't forget to entertain strangers. I mean, uh, entertain strangers. Yeah, that's right. For many have entertained angels without knowing it. The Bible talks about taking care of its poor. And uh, when you take care of strangers you may very well be taking care of an angel without knowing it. And so be kind to one another, right? That's a great message too, by the way. And, uh, and I can't imagine a role, having the role of a pope and not addressing the allegations. Never addressing. So we want to put at the forefront our progressive idea about homosexuality sorry about that but want to ignore molestation in our organization the most damning part the most damning of all our organization so he wants uh, to ease the restriction on priests being married they just, uh, he just appointed his first African American priest. It's 2020. You just appointed, <laughs> it's 2020. You just appointed the first Elton John. He came out, Sir Elton John, by the way, came out in support of the comments made by Pope Francis, saying that his own civil union to a gay man has meant the world to him. I'm like, really? Is that a thing? <laughs> the Pope came out in support of burritos. <laughs> Lord Rawl says, I'm so happy that he came out in support of burritos because burritos are great. And tacos, too. You should try it. It's like, oh, let's ask everybody what their opinion is. Get a podcast. Come on. So, of course, you know, the Catholic Church is history is plagued with issues so is every church by the way you know the uh, christianity that americans 
worship is westernized, right? Of course, not everybody believes that, but it's a fact. I mean, when you talk about Christianity, you're talking about the original churches in the book of Acts in the Bible, right? Um, That's where it started. I mean, church started before that, worshiping started before that, sacrifices and all this stuff before that. But the church, when we consider the early church, we're talking about what's what's displayed in Acts in the Bible. And the thing about that is that when you go from Acts to the shirt and tie I wear to a church building with sound and smoke and lights and all this stuff, and minus the smoke, <laughs> is absolutely westernized when you go into church in blue jeans and a cup of coffee in your hand i mean it's westernized let's face it and we all have our different um opinions of church whether we support it we don't whether we've been hurt by it or we give it life we all have our own you know opinion about it and the thing is that when you're looking at church there are plenty of people that have been hurt by, not by church, by other people. And we talked about hurt by an institution, right? Because you or somebody you know considers themselves to be hurt by the church. Meaning, uh, uh, but what they really mean is that they've been hurt by other people. People, okay? I went to that church and they look down on me or so-and-so is rude to me. These are all people that have done these things, not the church. I went to that church and they spit at me or I went to that church and they judged me. Okay. So we get hurt by people and we blame it on the church. And there's this quote that, um, that says something to the effect of, um, you won't go to church with, five hypocrites but you'll go to hell with all of them (laughs) it's funny it's true so there's that aspect of it okay but these are people so people hurt you and so you refuse to go to church catholicism the institution hurts people and people are still going the institution uh, that said that if you pay enough money, your loved one who passed will go to heaven. If you pay a month, yeah, it's a real thing. Sacraments. If you pay enough money, your loved one can go to heaven. Yeah, that's a real thing. Martin Luther wrote the 95 Theses because the Catholic Church wouldn't translate the Bible for anybody. They would only let their priests who knew it share what the word of the Lord says and refused. So Martin Luther said, you know what? I'm going to translate it or I'm going to write all these problems with the Catholic Church. And I'm going to nail it to this door in uh, uh, Wittenberg, I believe it was. I could be wrong on that. I, I believe it's Wittenberg. The Catholic Church has had plenty of issues and now (laughs) you know uh the last pope pope benedict and the current pope pope francis they were um 
working on a book together, but Benedict had less and less control of what was in the book and what was being shared that he just outright came and said, I'm not writing a book. And so the people that are working on the book are like, oh, he is writing the book. He's just mad because of the way it's going. Pope Benedict's like, I didn't write no book. I didn't agree to nothing. I never said that. And they're like, well, we have proof that, you know, we told him that we were going to be sharing this in a book. And he expressed, you know, support of that. And we even went back and forth about things. And he, you know, and I'm like, I mean, when the two leaders of this church, Pope Benedict was the, usually a pope serves until they die. Pope Benedict, if he wasn't the first, he's the first of our generation that resigned after like a couple years of being pope. Uh, <laughs> it's just funny because um, the whole process of being a pope is like so, you know, so prestigious or whatever. I remember they like, when the white smoke comes out of the chimney of the Vatican, that's how you know they pick the next pope. I'm like, what are we crowning a king? I mean, when when Queen Elizabeth dies of England, when she dies, and she's up there in age, but when she passes away, when that time comes, the coronation of the new king is going to be such a pompous and illustrious affair. It's going to be all over all the news. All, you're going to hear about it for weeks. Harry and Meghan went back to England in support of the new king. I don't even remember his name. Prince uh, Charles? I guess. I don't know. When he becomes the new king, assuming he outlives his mother, Queen Elizabeth, because at this point, who knows? She's the longest-serving monarch. That's going to be such a big deal. I mean, their wedding, when the wedding of a prince and a princess or whatever, duchess, whatever you want to call it. As a lord, I should know these terms. You're right. <laughs> but as a reverend, I can only speak to the love and the decency. We have popularized so many leaders of many movements that the changing of the guard, so to speak, is quite the spectacle. Anyway, those are my thoughts. I just wanted to talk about how silly this whole process is. Now, what I next want to talk about is the unsolved mysteries and I don't mean that as in uh, a good saying. I mean that as in the show Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, oh my gosh, it's so interesting. It's so good. Unsolved Mysteries. I love it. Unfortunately, they only have like 12 episodes. But I already have two seasons out, and it's perfect. And uh, the one specifically I want to talk about for just a second is the one where um, the boys are being kidnapped from a playground in Lower Harlem in New York City. Um, the reason I want to talk about that is because these two these families, two families specifically that are featured, um, they go to the park with their infants, you know, toddler age children, um, and they turn their eye for a second or, you know, there's a thousand people in the projects area of there in Lower Manhattan or Lower Harlem. 
towards uh, Central Park. A ton of families there. The population is crazy. If you've ever been in New York, it's houses on top of houses. That's what apartments are. It's concrete jungle. I made a podcast about it. It's a great podcast. It's one of my most popular podcasts. But there is houses on top of houses, and that's how these people live. Okay. So um, the thing about that is that when you're talking about these projects and these poor families, poor African-American families that are there living in houses on top of houses, drug-riddled 80s that they were, uh, these two kids disappear. And when they disappear, of course, they call the cops, you know. And usually in these shows and in general, people feel like the cops aren't doing enough. You know, you've heard it countless times. I had to call the cops every day. They wouldn't answer. They would tell me the same thing. They're working on it. No new leads, all this kind of stuff. I was watching this, and I was impressed with the amount of police work that went into trying to find these kids. Now, in the end, it's the show is called Unsolved Mysteries, so you're left in this cold case sort of nirvana that it is where you realize that by the end of the show, you might recognize somebody, so it's worth a watch. Um, but at the end of the show, you're not getting a happy ending because of this. So there's this whole um, show that I was surprised that they didn't bash the police. In fact, in the 80s, they were saying how the police were there with them the victim, the family of the victims, 24-7. They were there around the clock. They were protecting them. They would be in the house. They would tap their phones to find out if the kidnappers were calling. They would canvass the area. They would interview everybody. They would, um, you know, this happened, and they would um, quarantine or block off 21 blocks just so that they can try to get a lid on this and interview everybody. And they said it was such a tough job because the overpopulation that you know New York City is and I was just so impressed and I turned to Alice and I was like you never hear how good the cops are doing or in trying you know and I don't mean that in the political way that it is now when you talk about police officers and support or non-supportive police officers but I was really impressed that back in the 80s that they would the work they were doing would be considered good even though the cops couldn't find these specific kids. That their work was considered good. I thought that was wonderful. So, um, I was talking to somebody about gentrification also. And that deserves a whole other podcast. Because I was asking about, uh, I was asking an actual New York City police officer who um, retired some time ago in the late 80s. Um, and I was asking him, you know, how he had he heard about all this and he said no i hadn't but i served in brooklyn right so um it's hard to grasp that if you don't know new york city but um it's what he had to say was really good because they were saying how they used to live in brooklyn they now live in north carolina and they were talking about they went back and it's now gentrified and he said that back then we lived well you know, we lived in the brownstones in Brooklyn. I mean, we lived well back then. But if you go back now, you have to be a millionaire to live there in those brownstones. You have to, you know. He said that people came in and increased the value of everything. And that's the the yin and yang of gentrification is that you have people 
who want to come in and modernize and drive up the property values of everything that it costs people who have lived there for generations not to be able to afford to live there. And uh, if you don't know what gentrification is, it's a it's a really a derogatory term to describe um, people who can afford to move into a neighborhood and update it and make it popular by capitalizing on what's already there. Um, it's usually a term associated derogatorily towards white people who have money. Anyway, that's an interesting topic. Uh, but that'll do it for this show. Uh, this has been Keeping It Raw. Thanks. Yo, what's up? You're listening to the Keeping It Raw podcast.